peace and love. You are now tuned into a dope public health podcast. I'm your host, Demonte. Thanks so much for tuning in. This episode, I have a special guest, Anjali, who will be joining me today, providing just a little bit of um, insight to the work that she does in the community from things that she has seen and just maybe some things that we can be aware of. So Anjali, thanks so much for joining me today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I truly am appreciative. Well, it's definitely a joy having you. And like, you know, we talked a little bit before the show. And if you can maybe just start off by just kind of joining me in this space and letting me know, like, what, what brought you to your current line of work? Um, well, it was pretty much uh, childhood experiences, mm-hmm. uh, having different life experiences, including trauma. Um, I've, I've had the exposure of, like, violence and um, abuse and mm-hmm. just different ways in which uh, mental health can impact the family dynamic. And um, I felt inclined to do some work on self as well as how can I get involved in making a change in my community. Definitely. You know, you can speak so much about it, but it's it's really about getting your hands dirty. Right. Um, if that, for lack of better words. Um, yeah, I... I started out, I think, let me see, I was working two jobs. Okay. I had recently divorced. Um, well, no, 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 I hadn't divorced yet. I'm sorry. I I had just, I was pregnant with my son. I okay. had married and all of that good stuff. And my son had some medical issues. Uh, he was a preemie and um, he had difficulties gaining weight. And I was relatively stressed throughout mm-hmm. my pregnancy. So uh, there was preeclampsia, all of those things. And I was 22 when I had him. Mm-hmm. And um, I had finished high school, of course. I had started off into college and my track was actually fashion, merchandise and design. Okay. <laughs> and because um, I'm passionate about uh fashion I, I enjoy that that's my art uh that's an escape for me and okay. um you know I decided to marry my childhood sweetheart and we started a family and I just was not satisfied mm-hmm. for me and my personal goals with um just working an entry-level job at the time okay. um I wanted a little bit more and I felt like I wasn't in the line of work in which I was passionate about. So um, I felt like something was missing in and I was looking all around me uh, and I just felt like I wanted to be impactful towards, you know, the lives of other people. And in doing so, you know, it helps with educating people and all of that. And I eventually down the line, as I continue to work in the mental health field and build mm-hmm. up my career uh, or build up myself towards my, you know, direction of my career, I found that I worked well with people. Mm-hmm. Um, people often refer to me as authentic and, um, 
you can't teach you know authenticity you can't teach that it's just it's something that's innate absolutely um, you know and i just i'm passionate about what i do i i am the go-to person even within my family mm-hmm. um you know, having the experience of losing parents at an early age, I was in my early twenties and had freshly been divorced at that point. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I was managing and relearning how to navigate life without a spouse, um, with a child that needed so much care at that time, so much, um, hands-on care Mm -hmm. and, um, having to navigate through the systems of that, of you know being told oh he wouldn't be able to walk he's not going to be like his other peers or he's not he may not be able to talk or you know reach his milestones gotcha i i just i was like absolutely not mm-hmm. absolutely not so at that time in my life i was going through some things and um you know it really helped me to kind of look to shine a light on okay if i can if i can move through this there's something in me that's that's there that can help others also reach their goals wow, okay. um, even you know through adversity and whatever the, the case may be that you can overcome those things mm-hmm. and so i just i i something just clicked in me one day and i was just like i i have to give this back and it was also embedded because like I used to spend a lot of time with my maternal grandmother. Okay. Uh, she is heavily involved in the church. Mm-hmm. And I as well, as a result of being reared by her at different parts of my life. Um, and then I had a godmother that was also heavily involved in church. And so me and my god family were real close coming up. So we spent a lot of time at church. Like, there, I participated in the boys and girls. It was like a... Um, what do you call that? Girl Scouts. But it was like... Okay for Christ or whatever. Yes. And I'm thankful when I look back to those things as to how I became involved with wraparound mm-hmm. and even in their philosophy and the impact that it could have on families was because of the impact I saw that it had on me. I wasn't involved in wraparound, but just the fact that I had so many activities. Um, so despite the adversities I may have faced in childhood mm-hmm. due to childhood experiences and trauma i was able to work you know overcome through those you know survive right all because i was doing things and active in the church and food pantries and feeding the sick and shut in or going and praying with the senior citizens or reading to them mm-hmm. all throughout my childhood into my younger young adulthood so that was just a, a piece of the social justice that I had kind of built into me, inherited, because my grandmother did it, my mother did it, and my family was rooted in that. Like, there was even a family scholarship at one point. Oh, that's and, awesome. You know, so it's just like, and then when I would meet with the wraparound families, it was looking at the jewels that they also had mm-hmm. and connecting them to those things as well as additional resources that would help to uplift them. And when I saw the success of that, I continued to say, how can I continue to be impactful? Mm -hmm. So that's why I continued to look at different ways to grow. When it had become, I had kind of outgrown wraparound, Mm -hmm. I decided to apply for Milwaukee County, County crisis. And, um, 
you know, because I, I, by that time when I left Referon, I was doing assessment work. So gotcha. that was you meet a family for a split second and then you transition them. Um, so it wasn't really being truly hands on. And gotcha. I missed that part. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me go on to Milwaukee County where this would be a different experience, but I'm still invested in the community. And, you know, being in the forefront of crises, people who are actively suicidal, needing support and, you know, having that change of mind and getting resources or help at that time, Mm -hmm. it is, uh, it's, it's rewarding at the end of the day, but it can be scary. It can be scary. But what keeps me, kept Mm -hmm. me invested in helping, especially you have someone right on the edge of the bridge ready to jump to end it all mm-hmm. it could be just the wrong thing said that could push them over the edge gotcha you know and just having that person's life in your hands at that time and helping to promote them to see their worth to identify you know the positives of their lives and why they should be here and then connecting them to resources is rewarding and also seeing the families. Um, come together through the crisis to support this individual and then after it's um, it's effective I I can see the Mm -hmm. effects of my work and so um, I have a family member who has had some struggles and uh, when my grandmother passed because I was um, her power of attorney uh, medical and financial and caregiver and a, a a bound of other things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when she passed, then I took in my brother, who is older than I, but he was struggling with, men- or he continues to struggle with mental health, but needed to get reconnected. Sure. So okay. it needed just some more close hands-on with his sister at the point. Um, and so he stayed with me for about a year and a half. And then as I continue to kind of transition myself as I'm getting older with my career, my ongoing career goals, mm-hmm. I've determined that, okay, how can I maybe expand my, my career a little bit more and still be impactful to the community? So mm-hmm. my what I'm currently working on now is um, going back for some additional credits. I mean, it's not a priority because mm-hmm. uh, I do have my master's um, and, but I've, I've kind of decided, like, I want to get into consulting. I would like to also consider maybe, um, life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, those are goals. And then I am currently working on developing transitional living homes for individuals who are homeless and also struggling with mental health and aota. So that that's where awesome. I'm and that's definitely something I know I would definitely like to connect with you about because mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm currently doing is overseeing a program for youth that age out of foster care. So yes. there's definitely some, you know, some, some some networking there. So like when you say consulting, can you maybe just speak a little bit more about that? Like kind of what that would look like? Because, I mean, who knows, like we may be able to connect with somebody. Like what does that consulting mm-hmm. piece look like for you? Um, I was thinking like, um, whether that is getting reconnected to youth and family services, where I serve on teams as a consultant to whatever their transitional plan may be, if that's space out of foster care, if that's 
permanent a permanency plan if that's even just developing a crisis plan um working with different agencies and helping them you know process cases uh or clients uh treatment plans or whatnot um yeah that's pretty yeah. much you know so- i could be because i would was doing assessments for varying I have some friends that had adult family homes and things like that Mm -hmm. um I as well and so I would do assessments for these individuals Mm -hmm. and uh you know I would be paid for those those services so I was doing that and then I said huh I wouldn't mind doing consultations too um I I feel that my voice is valued um Mm -hmm. whether it's being a part of a podcast, talking to someone about mental health and, um, you know, online, uh, meet social media, media through the media, any sort, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I enjoy doing it. And it's, it's also helping me to fulfill the goals that I have for myself wow, that's, as well as the community, you know, that's, and that's, that's so impactful as far as like what you're doing and kind of what you want that to look like. And then like, yeah. so can you, talk a little bit more you also said like life coach so you have Mm -hmm. the clinical mental health experience and expertise talk to me about what that paired with life coaching looks looks like well you know at one point i was providing therapy um and that was actually on a on a a volunteer basis Mm -hmm. uh through a center that was specific to individuals who had in been involved in human trafficking and or were coming out of human trafficking and um so i provided therapy and oftentimes of course well not oftentimes but all the time they are in, you know overwhelmed with trauma okay and then you have other things that impact that which could then be post-traumatic stress disorder to depression to even uh, a traumatic brain injury and uh, addiction Mm -hmm. so I'm and I was working with individuals as such and so when I decided to I saw the the impact because it was beyond just sitting down across from one another and and providing therapy talk therapy or you know cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavior it was more than that it was also at some time at some points providing a little case management if that was just connecting them to another resource or another referral um you know helping them they have housing issues um connecting them to if it's Two one one, so that they're not sleeping on the, you know. So gotcha. sometimes it was beyond that because of the circumstances that they were under. Some were living in room and boards, and you know, there's room and boards out here that are simply providing a room, and um, you know, to the on the on the fence of maybe even exploitation at times. Um, and mm. I'm speaking from personal experience, for sure. Um, you know, so. But there are some out here that, you know, are in it uh, for other reasons in which they really want to help people. And there's a connecting piece there. They work with uh, case management or connecting them to uh, whether it's other community support programs, 
community uh, or whatever it may be that the client may need, getting them right. to their appointments, plus providing two meals or three meals a day. So it's beyond just I'm housing you in a room. Some of the places are inhabitable. So when I saw all of that and again, being exposed to that, I said, how can I be impactful? How can I change this? You know, because if it bothers me, how can I be the voice for this situation? Yeah. And invite change. So I started thinking, well, you know, I was pretty impactful with these young ladies. Um, and it was unfortunate when I had to decided to leave because I couldn't juggle full time job working in crisis and doing that on the side. Gotcha. But, um, Definitely. You know, um, I just said, I, I like providing uh, a close, up close personal uh, type of approach, person centered at the same time, but I, and solution focused. So what ways could I continue to do that? And that would be by being a life coach. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, have worked with such providers within wraparound. And um, at the time that wasn't where my career goals were, mm -hmm. but um, I always found that pretty um, fascinating as to how they really got in there with the client. And then you saw the change right before your eyes, you know, so. Agreed. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so I think so what jumps out to me and kind of what what's exciting and that's why I love even us being able to connect in this space is because there's this stigma in mental health, you know, about mental health and, you know, in the black community still. Um, it's not that it's in, not in other communities, but specifically, you know, like oh the last yes. time the last stat that I read was at like um Basically, African-Americans um, seek mental health services at maybe less than half of the time that others do. And that is so true. And then on top of that, I thought about, you know, because we both worked in wraparound, I thought about yes. of that percentage, I even go further and, and ask how much of that is actually voluntary. So. Correct. What what's exciting to hear about this life coaching angle that you're taking is that you're literally removing this stigma of yes. mental health completely away from it. And I could be your client and, and we're doing DBT, but it's Correct. in the it's under the auspice of like, okay, DeMonte, let's get let's get things in order to help you get to a place where you can thrive. That's really exciting. I really, really hope that you can please keep me um, up to date with that as that grows. Because I, I, I how do you see, um, as far as like what some of the things that maybe the community, some gaps in the community that like maybe like services like this, you know, would be beneficial? Um, you know, I recall there being a lot of services available to youth in particular, um, just going through wraparound. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, a lot of those services were mandated often. Um, I Because I worked through the mandated uh, division of wraparound Milwaukee, and I saw just a lot of mm -hmm. families were involved that way, and there was a lot of reluctancy, um, you know, especially if they hadn't been accustomed to such. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I would involve not just your traditional therapist, mm -hmm. um, but someone like a life coach that 
maybe either some of the life coaches that I had been exposed to, they had life experiences only, you know, um, had, you know, and I felt like that was very helpful in some cases of Mm -hmm. the families in which I was working with who maybe hadn't been exposed to a lot, but felt most comfortable at that time, if I'm going to get them to buy into the to services and the benefits of, I you have to have someone that can meet them where they're at. So mm-hmm. those kind of individuals were helpful and impactful. But then there were some that, you know, also say, I'm trying to think of her name. Miss, her last name is Patton. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to come to me. But she had a, a service where she also... Um, provided such life coaching, um, even if that was um, how to groom yourself, you know, each day in particular. Mm-hmm. But um, she was, uh, had a, a master's degree as well. So there was her life experience, but also the educational um, experience as well. Absolutely. And, um, you know, oftentimes our clients, whether they're African-American, Caucasian, Asian, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. we often prefer to if I'm going to try something new I need to be comfortable yes and sometimes it's you know embracing the client and meeting them where they are and helping to transition them Mm -hmm. you know where they have someone that's going to push them yet understands their culture their needs you know it's beyond just oh this person needs to make a change or this needs to happen but meeting that person where they are to help them transition you know, is the most impactful and, and are they comfortable with their provider? Do they like their provider? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times when I come across people um, in the community, even in Waukesha County where I am now, um, is, you know, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. I've, I've only, you know, um, coming up, my grandfather taught me, and this is even down to the Caucasian families, middle mm-hmm. class, even upper, upper class, um, they hadn't been exposed to therapy, uh, traumatized. There's, you know, similar situations, but experience is different. Um, but traumatized and never exposed to therapy. My grandfather, you know, didn't believe in that. He was a man that stuck his chest out and we were just to deal with it or, you know, just mm-hmm. bury our, our feelings. Right. So then you have ALDA and things like that. But, um, I feel like I've been able to even kind of cross the threshold with that because I came into a conservative environment, mm-hmm. one in which I wasn't sure as to how they would receive me um, because I am well-rounded and um, also African-American. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's how do you come into my community and promote change or promote something that is still just is stigmatized, um, especially in, you know, uh, communities such as the African-American community, uh, Asian, you know, they prefer to stick within their family and they have their process. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no there isn't a thing of mental health or there's ways in which they do, you know, work through theirs. But um, with this new population that I'm working with, I just see that, you know, it's meeting the client where they are, um, allowing them to, you know, be open with you, educating them about the process um and being authentic in what you do and what you say Mm -hmm. then client 
is able to buy into what it is that you're you're promoting um and that is why i do what i do Mm. and i'm hoping that the more people get out here and they're in the communities um working with even law enforcement because that is another area in which i have expertise i have been a clinician with an officer uh, directly an officer sitting on the side of me i'm writing in his squad and i'm responding to crisis calls um wow can you talk a little bit more about that because i know yeah. you know if we think about things that have been happening in throughout oh, just yeah. the country the united states not that it's never happened but if we just mm-hmm. encapsulate the last year year and a half um with a lot of different things and so like from your clinical expertise talk about like kind of what you were just about to say like you're in the squad car with uh, a police officer and talk to me about what you know maybe educate shed some light on what that looks like versus some of the things that you know unfortunately we continue to see played out in the media you know um my okay so my first initial experience i it was a transition because I wasn't sure of the significance of the dangerousness that I could potentially be exposed to. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the job. Gotcha. So we would wear um, bulletproof vests. I didn't have a, you know, a weapon or anything of that nature, mm-hmm. but I did have access to one if I needed to um, in an emergent situation. Okay. But um, being out in the community, um, I recall being well received. Um, I never had any backlash from any person that I dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, oftentimes there's so much that happens in the community. First of all, all over Milwaukee. Okay, first For and sure. foremost, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, I worked with all jurisdictions and I continue to work with all jurisdictions, even in Waukesha County. Mm -hmm. Um, And the process became easier for people where it was more trusting and the disposition, the outcome of the situations always ended up in a positive manner with that person receiving help at the degree in which they may need it. Mm-hmm. or be connected to resources, or if they absolutely have to go to jail, then we communicate with the jail to assure their safety and the safety of the other inmates if there is something going on, such as pre-existing mental health, or you know they recently had det- uh, detoxified um, as a result of recent drug use. Okay. Um, so... You know, just different things. And um, I think what it does is it helps all systems communicate at, you know, and place that individual, the client at the forefront, which in the years ago, in the past, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they're, you know, they're, the system isn't free of errors. You know, I'm sure that they still happen. But in my experience, mm-hmm. um, I have had very positive experiences of people getting the help that was necessary, uh, ensuring that I continue communication while the person is transitioning into the jail and sometimes even transitioning out. Wow. So being able to give them services, like connecting with services on the way and on the way out to provide some, wow. Okay. Yes. And so, um, 
you know, and then just responding to calls where I, I recall in particular, there was a young man, he was uh, psychotic, actively psychotic and hanging from uh, the interstate. Okay. 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 And he had been off his medications for a while. I believe that there may have been some illicit drug use. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some par- paraphernalia found nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, but myself and my partner, we were able to connect with him. But then we were transitioned out from from talking with him to then the crisis negotiators through law enforcement came in. Understood. And okay. by that time he continued to kind of, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Decompensate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, experiencing all kind of ac- acute symptoms and we were unable to connect with him any further. And he eventually jumped. He did live. He okay. did live. Wow. Um, but that was a time where you know it was a little frustrating as far as you know having to collaborate with systems but um you know at the same time i feel that you know the best efforts were put in place um it was an opportunity for you know different entities to work come together to help someone Mm -hmm. um he did end up you know going through rehab and you know getting back on his medications and is doing well Mm -hmm. that's that i am aware so you know um we were able to also connect with his case management agency and um you know review some things and get some things in place upon him coming out of the hospital so that was effective but you know so uh, you would say great. that it's would you say that it's um definitely some positive combining clinical intervention with very okay that's and very. I, I just appreciate that because you can read a headline and it says these different things and I remember even um seeing uh, I believe that there was a news story on on this um and I remember seeing the news story, but then hearing the inside, okay, this is what it really, really looks like. I think yeah. that's just really impactful. Um, are there yeah. any particular uh-huh. like myths or like misinformation about what you do like professionally, like working in this mental health space that you could maybe provide some ease to somebody that might be listening? Like, yeah, this sounds good, but I don't know because my cousin had had a therapist and you know, like everybody's got a story, right? So like, what are, what are some things that you could do or maybe share, share with us listening that maybe might dispel some of those, those, that, that misinformation? Um, I mean, the main thing that I think is misunderstood is that, um, individuals somehow find themselves, um, where they believe that they're the only ones suffering, going through that experience, um, that, uh, you know, them getting help won't be received because of this, the stigma behind mental health. If I get help, um, this means I'm quote unquote crazy, mm-hmm. um, that, or that the issue really is there if I get help and, um, you know, The thing is, is that what I like about now as 
far as mental health and how it's expand mm-hmm. is that you can literally go on to, for instance, psychology today and identify a therapist by looking at a menu, for instance, because wow. you can put in filters by indicating, oh, I want a therapist that looks like me, that's African-American, mm-hmm. that is Caucasian or Asian, that specializes in spiritual work or cognitive behavioral therapy that lives in 53206 mm-hmm. that um, also provides binary services because I identify as binary. Mm-hmm. Um so that's an option. You know, people also aren't often aware that a lot of the resources are right in their backyard. Wow. Um, you know, you have, for instance, Children's Hospital right in Midtown. Um, you have, you know, a variety of different urgent cares. They're building the uh, emergency mental health services area down just off of 12th street mm-hmm. you know so there are resources available but it's sometimes people just aren't aware um you know i i love the idea that you're getting people together so that we can educate one another especially because sometimes there are resources that come up that you're just not always aware you it's impossible for everybody to always be made aware of things that are right Absolutely. in their community Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, for instance, people call and they're just looking for, hey, I, I fell behind on my rent and I received this uh, evic- this five-day eviction notice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm panicking. I can't afford to take out a loan. And here it is. You have places like Community Advocates or SDC, for instance, where you can go mm-hmm. show that notice and they can assist you with paying meeting your your next month's rents or assisting you with paying 75 percent of whatever you make you know back ordered on gotcha. you know whatever it may be um there's all kind of services uh and i just think that i often hear why well, I, I just didn't know i didn't know it was available to me um i didn't know who to turn to um uh I didn't know that you work in this field. Oh, wow. You know, I, I really, I, yeah. I, it, it helps to know that I can turn and there's someone that looks like me. And and I understand that you didn't have the same experience per se with me, uh, but I feel like you understand you're listening. Um, and it's because of your style, you're authentic. Um, sometimes I just think too, like, it's a family secrets, you know, there's oftentimes there's those family secrets Mm -hmm. that are avoided when it comes to mental health, because in the past, if someone was struggling with mental health, you kind of shunned them. You didn't see them, you know, and um, we have to get past that uh, feeling like you have to kind of bury the hatchet or, you know, uh, mask things because they eventually overflow. And that's when, a crisis occurs and we can be proactive and being preventative by addressing it early on and not being afraid to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's no judgment in me saying, you know, cause we all have different struggles. Everybody has someone that is dealing with something, whether it's anxiety to drug addiction, to uh, just achieving the goal of let me finish my high school diploma and what's really underneath that as to why this has been a difficult task for you. So, you know, and not being afraid to address it. Um, I still to this day come across individuals who have trauma, are traumatized and 
when you talk to them uh, or make recommendations of, hey, you should, you know, consider going to see a counselor. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I've been a counselor or I am a counselor and I have been through therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did that, especially in the passing of my parents to my grandparents. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I did those things because even I, even the helper needs help sometimes, you know, that's the then the, the, the truth to my authenticity is, you know, grief can be difficult for anybody. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that mental health does not skip over, you know, individuals just because, oh, I, this person looks this way or this person was born, you know, in this light or whatever the case is. I mean, it impacts us in so many ways. Yeah. Um, you know, and so not being afraid to address it. Um, that's that's something that I come across a lot. Um, mm-hmm. People are just afraid. And I think, you know, and you bring up that fear piece, which is very, very important as we look more and more just <clears throat> about what's happening, you know, like, you know, and I know you've seen this with your expertise, like how studies show that we are, as people are more prone to negativity, so some of that negative okay. self-talk and things like that. Yes. So, uh, you know, you shedding light on that is extremely, extremely helpful. So, like, with the work that you do, I mean, it's definitely, it's intense. Um, it takes a, a, a high level of skill set to do what you do. And, you know, then there's also that, that passion behind it. So yeah. what are the, you know, what are the things that you do to make sure that you recharge and things, things like that. Like how, you know, how you said, like being the helper, like how do you, how are you helping yourself? What does that look like for you? That is very key, um, to sustaining yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so my activities could include, I'm a, I'm a part of a book club. I usually do it in the fall. Nice. Um, so it's a group of successful African-American women mm-hmm. um, and successful in different ways. Most of us are, um, you know, therapists or clinical providers. Mm-hmm. Um, some are teachers. Uh, yeah. For the most, one is in business and one is going to school for nursing. So anyways, we're helpers in different ways. And for so sure. I do, I joined that group. Um, we talk, so we'll develop, I'm sorry, identify a book mm-hmm. and then we'll read it and we gather probably about two, to, depending on the length of the book, but we'll um, divide the book up and meet anywhere from two to three times out of the, you know, a month. Mm-hmm. And so, and we review the book, but we also bring together like a potluck. So it's sharing and we have discussions beyond the book sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and that's an opportunity for us to just unwind um, and be ourselves, our true selves. And so that's one outlet for me. I do work out. I exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to look good. So, and I like to feel good. That's the most important part. Mm -hmm. Me working out gives me more energy, especially because I work third shift um, four days. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's, those are 10 hour shifts. And I do a lot of overtime as well. 
that's how passionate I am about my work. I just, I love to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to like, cause when I was working crisis in Milwaukee County, I was also, I mean, and I could work, I would do double sometimes. I also worked or was on call maybe three times out of the week, mm-hmm. third shift for Milwaukee County and responding to calls. Um, I just, I love helping people. So I was oftentimes go for massages monthly, facials mm-hmm. monthly. Um, I get my nails and toes done, uh, travel, uh, yeah, anything that promotes happiness. Um, mm-hmm. I meditate. I, I'm quick to turn on my ear diffuser and just meditate and be wow. in my space. Okay. No, um, because you gotta, you gotta keep yourself attuned. You you really do. If that's even just, you know, some days just laying in bed, Mm -hmm. I enjoy cleaning my house. That's, that's a form of therapy for me. Um, I like a clean space. I love to cook. Mm -hmm. Cooking for me is a, is a source of channeling, you know, that positive energy. Um, and I like to feed people. So that also helps as well. Um, but I was thinking of getting involved in yoga. A friend's been talking to me about that for some time. I remember doing it in high school. I used to dance. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of some other things that I want to do, even if it's sometimes even taking, there was a period in my life where I would take a vacation once a month, even if it was just going over to the next state. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was doing something to explore, you know, and that brought excitement to me. Being surrounded by family is also, you know, mm-hmm. a way of just promoting positive energy. Sometimes my grandmother was also my biggest outlet for self-care. Like I could talk to her, you know, we had great dialogue and I just soaked up so much of her wisdom in mm-hmm. the decades that she lived beyond my parents, for instance. And, um, that also she kept me grounded um my spirituality keeps me grounded and helps me to stay you know focused and determined and renewed i guess you could say sure and those those things are refreshing to hear because i think um there also is the myth that um well the folks that are in the helping profession are only doing the helping 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 but you just you know, gave a great list of like, no, these are all the ways that I pour back into me so yes. I can keep fueling, you know, your passion of helping the community. So I, I really appreciate yes. that. And I appreciate the, the list of things because it's like, Hey, I can just do this for a while. I can do that. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. as long as I'm recharging, like that's, that's extremely, mm-hmm. extremely important. Um, yeah, I mean, I even like, if I feel like my energy is off, I will pull back from everything, like just for a day. I even, I'll detoxify, I'll take my little herbal tea and detoxify my body, mm-hmm. um, look at, you know, something holistic as far as eating, you know, if something, if something's off in that sense. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just, you know, I've gotten in the practice of saying no more to have my 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 time sometimes your time is necessary it's a long time isn't always a bad thing 
Um, For sure. You know, and being in charge of your life and setting boundaries is also necessary to promoting that self-care as well. Um, and when I need to, I do pull back off of, you know, not working so many hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just focus for a month, for instance, no overtime, none whatsoever. Um, and focus on those self-care items that I listed and that helps me to completely recharge. Like last week I had off, I want to say four days, yeah, four days. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got out of the city and, you know, had me a a wonderful massage and did a little shopping and Mm -hmm. ate well and, you know, just entertainment, all of those things. And even had some time with friends and family and, um, it just helped me to give refocus and yeah. recharge, as you say. Wow, that's great. So, like, what would you say are maybe some of the, like, salient points, something that you want to leave with, you know, those of us that are just listening and learning from you in this moment? Like, what are some things that you would like to to leave with us, some things maybe even if it's a little bit of homework, um, you know, that that – you think might be valuable for us to, to hear and learn? Um, I think, um, like we kind of focused on the fact that, you know, mental health is starting to be discussed a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, and because it's something that is being experienced by many, you know, and you know, we have awareness days and things of that nature. I just want people to, yes, know that it is real, that there is help available, um, that you should also try to love on yourself, as, especially as providers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the news recently, there's been a lot of different things going on with providers, um, unethical things even. And it goes back to making sure that you are taking care of yourself as a provider, um, staying fresh and, you know, trends and things of that nature to stay away from doing that self-check so Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're kind of falling off or whatever, you need a recharge, that you're doing that, um, even if that's going and talking with another professional, consulting with, or even just receiving therapy so that you can stay grounded and refresh and recharge for the people that you are trying to assist. Um, And then just for the community, uh, know that there is help out there. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. Um, That it, it takes time. It's not something that will happen overnight. Um, if you identify a provider that you're not really feeling that you aren't seeing any change or feeling comfortable with that, there are, are other options available. Um, mm-hmm. it's connecting with your primary care doctor, your insurance, or looking at those resources online, such as psychology today to identify a pro- another provider. But just if one doesn't work out, doesn't mean that you have to stay and be miserable uh, and feel that, oh, because that person didn't wasn't a good match that, oh, therapy doesn't work. And know that you have to do the work um, and that it, it it is a process and right. that the hard work does pay off. And it feels so much better to be healed. It's liberating. It's refreshing when you truly get in tune with self and work on self so that you can have a better quality of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And if there is something 
that you are experiencing, know that you are not alone, that you can talk to. Oftentimes when I talk to youth or families who are experiencing suicidality, mm-hmm. uh, it is that, well, no one's there for me. But if you really sit down, like when we were in wraparound, for instance, we sat down with families, we identified the underlying need or problem, mm-hmm. and then we looked at strategies on how to um, address them. And then we looked set benchmarks goals on how we could then achieve those, you know, work through and achieve, you know, that end goal. Mm-hmm. And as we set b- benchmarks, we understood, which our families understood, that it was a process. But that end goal was what was so rewarding and is rewarding if you stick with it. And um, sometimes it's coming back to the drawing board. Sometimes, you know, like I said, that provider might not be a good match or, you know, this process isn't just working. So we have to go back to the drawing board and start fresh. But that doesn't mean give up. And that that piece (laughs) is very, very impactful for me to hear because I think... Um, another thing that is often heard is that there's a false perception that therapy is supposed to quote unquote, make me happy. And it's like, what you're describing is, Hey, no, there's a process. We're going to outline this plan to -hmm. go down this path to Mm -hmm. feeling like a better version of yourself, but it is not like the you know, magic pill to happiness. It's like, no, this is going to give you some insight on your journey to being that. So I, I I really definitely appreciate you. And if you can, um, uh, you know, I definitely want to say like, while we're recording that, yeah, you have an ally in me and I really appreciate and I'm excited about connecting with you on your endeavors and, and, and also, you are welcome at any time on this podcast to bring your expertise. I definitely welcome it. So, yeah, thanks so much for um, for tuning in. Um, this has been a dope public health podcast, and thanks you all for listening.